I'm your host, Andrew Lanza. Welcome to Boston Nerfs, presented by The Mind Provider. This podcast will be hosted by myself and Sam Hall. Sam and I will explore the cultural significance of video games and examine their artistic merit and how it reflects the industry as a whole. So sit back and enjoy the buffs and nerds. And as always, a subscribe and positive rating on this or anything you listen to would be greatly appreciated. Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome back to Buffs and Nerfs. I'm Andrew Lanza, your host, along with co-host extraordinaire, Sam Hall. What's going on, buddy? Uh, I'm doing co-hosting a lot. I'm extraordinary at it. You're 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 pretty much the example that other co-hosts strive well, to be, you know. You no, know, I just uh, look up in uh, the sky and think, what would Andy Richter do? God rest his soul. Andy Richter? I thought you were more of an Andy Rooney man. No, no, no. I I can do an Andy Rooney. That's really easy. You just kind of talk like this. But Andy Richter, man, too soon. They took him from us too soon. He's fine. Anyway, no, no. you didn't hear. Okay, go on. Anyways, this is the Andy Richter podcast. Let's move on. Anyway, getting us getting us on track here. So we both recently watched the Netflix documentary High Score. So it's going to be a bit of a different kind of podcast, not specifically video game related, but we're going to talk about the uh, Netflix doc on video games High Score, along with some, you know, just some other notable video game docs we've seen in our lives. First, you know, big news, a couple big things happening, but uh, Xbox just dropped the the price for the xbox was it the series x and the series s yeah the um, s got dropped right yeah or i think it's, I, it's coming out cheaper at least yeah they like the both not like dropped as in the price drop but like they just dropped the announcement oh okay yes yeah um but yeah so the uh yeah so they dropped that in that news and it's um what is it it's uh 299 for the series this is american we're we have you know, we got all figures are bucks. dollar and American dollars. Unless we say C dollar sign and give you a number, then it's Canadian dollars. A dollar sign is Australian. Yeah. So what? So it's two ninety nine for the Series S, and then the Series X is four ninety nine. That's right. Yeah. Which I think is an incredible deal. Like I think that's fucking an like that's excellent value for like next gen. Um, it's really gonna put now kind of the pressure on playstation i feel like i've heard playstation hardware like this generation specifically especially with like you know the global pandemic affecting things that um their hardware is really like a lot more expensive so i don't know balls in playstation's court now they, it's like how are you gonna respond yet, right no they have not done a price yet but i mean like you kind of see that with um i remember back when like the ps3 was announced and it was like so much more than uh the xbox 360 at the time and they're just like, oh, you know, like that's our price. And then Xbox 360 at the beginning of that generation just like killed it. And well, then the inverse happened, didn't it? Like, I think with the PS4 and Xbox One, wasn't the PlayStation cheaper and the hardware was better? Am I right about that? Or is that just like the stack of 50s on my desk from Sony Corporation telling me that's what's the case? Mm, I, I'm not sure. I think what it was was the PlayStation was about $100 cheaper than the Xbox One was at the time. And I think they came out almost at the same time. I remember they're really close to each other. And also the hardware inside, it was the PlayStation 4 had simply just had better hardware. I remember there was a huge, like, at the time going, well, why would you buy an Xbox? It doesn't make sense. Now, not so much. I looked at the specs for the new Series X and Series S. I think I'd go with an X, but I, I, I can see what they're trying to do. Yeah, and also it's interesting too because as of now, I mean, obviously we don't know what the future holds, but like as of now, we haven't heard any plans from Sony 
to release like um you know a, a cheaper more of a, like an entry model type type hardware um you know we've only heard about the playstation 5 we haven't heard about you know the playstation 5 slim or whatever you want to call it or like you know something that's just um completely digital well, a little uh n- not as powerful that doesn't really to me sound like sony's style i mean sony it always seems to have like their focus on the one piece of hardware and then the uh, the re- I don't want to say reduces if it's not as good, but you know, like the smaller version or the slightly less uh, capable but cheaper version doesn't seem to be something they have a priority on. Because I think the PlayStation S or whatever it was called the slim one, it didn't come out for a while. Like it, it, it was or uh, it was three years into it at least or something like that. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I know it's not PlayStation's or Sony's modus operandi, but I, like that's mm. what I'm saying. It's like now you're gonna have all these people that may have saved up for a little bit more for a PlayStation, but they're gonna be like, "Fuck it!" Like, why would I spend the extra? Uh, and I mean PlayStation Five. Why would I save up the extra two hundred dollars, three hundred dollars when I can just grab um, an, an Xbox Series S right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's uh it's interesting. It's interesting, and I think the other thing is, is I don't think the decision to have an X and an S is as simple as just going like, oh, we'll make it a smaller one. And then a month later, you've got the designs. That's something it takes a while to prep to make sure that you can still get the, I, the specs I have in front of me. It's like Xbox Series X, you're looking at 60 frame 4K. And then with the S, you're going to look at 1440, uh, yeah, 60 yeah. frames. So it's... As long as you got those 60 frames also, like who gives a fuck, man? Fuck. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you like 98%, but once in a while I try uh, Red Dead Redemption on 4K at 60 frames. I'm like, this is great. And then like I get into a place with a lot of trees or towns. I'm like, oh, right. Fair. Back to settings. Shifting gears a little bit. The, the, the Hot off the presses. Uh, just announced a couple hours ago, but um, one of, you know, a, a game I enjoyed immensely, which has been unavailable for a number of years now, but uh, the Scott Pilgrim video game. Um, has been announced mm-hmm. for all consoles, and I could not be happier. That game is fantastic. I'd love to see it. I mean, if I, I, I mean, I could play it right now. I just have to boot up my PS3. Yeah, just to whatever. I'll drop some extra money. But like that, that game is just fantastic. When I read that, I saw, like, I follow like Anna Gucci and like Brian Lee O'Malley, Ubisoft, whatever, and they're all tweeting about it. And I just, I remember I was, I like, this is just a couple hours ago. We're, we're, we're on disc on a discord call. I fucking ran. I like ran in from having a smoke to be like, yo, like, guess what just got announced. But yeah, that, that, that made me happy today. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I remember playing that game with some friends back in the day. I, I definitely didn't finish it by any stretch. I got maybe like a couple levels in or something and being like, this is a lot of fun, but it was also, uh, a, a couch co-op game where you had to have your friends over to your place so my friends they liked it and they enjoyed played it but i don't think we ever got back together again and played it we weren't really a big co-op playing games that way at the time sort of thing so yeah no this is great and i if it comes online i'm it's gonna have online options yeah it's great well they haven't that they haven't announced that yet that's something we were talking about it. i guarantee I, I, what do you think I'm, they're if really I was a going to have this game in the tw- 2020s we're in the 2020s right yeah of course we are but why wouldn't uh, they announce that then that's well, a huge it, that's like point. saying oh the game's gonna have graphics you know it's it's such a like i i guarantee you this will not be a game where you, there will be a couch uh, a co-op option absolutely where you and your friends can sit on the same couch and play but I, there will also be a drop in and drop out of an online game uh hear me was, out hear me out hear me out okay all right all right go ahead cross play that would be sick. That would be sick. 
I'd say 50-50 on that. I'm, I'm going to take my typical stance of straddling the fence and not trying to offend any of the parties. I'd be not surprised if it happened and not surprised if it didn't. But um, well, I'm just, I'm just. Fucking, I feel it should. Oh, it should. I, absolutely. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm not. I'm not like, yo, it's going to happen. I'm just saying that would be sick. That would be great. Yeah. No, it was. It was what little I played of it. Was a great game. Yeah, I like. I love that game a lot. I I played the shit out of it when it came out. Like, first of all, I'm I'm a fan of the IP. Like, a fan of the the, the Scott Pilgrim series. The uh, you know, the graphic mm-hmm. novels. The the movie. The movie's um, great. So yeah, so I'm a big fan of the series. I played the shit out of that game. Um, tons of like that, that. Like I mean, the the game is just first of all unabashedly Toronto. Like you, there's like sneaky D's in it. Potentially R.I.P. Hopefully not. Oh, is it getting shut down? Yeah, there's um some sort of they 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 like put in um what what do you call it like a a request I guess to to turn it into condos. So I don't know that that was like all over the news a couple days ago. Oh wow, that's that sucks. Yeah, I mean, that's that's I, what I'm we gonna need. say. Sneaky D's being gone. I, I have memories. Careful, of place, careful. Man, it, the one thing I'll say is about this place: it's great for food portion size. Like if you order a burrito, you get a big ass burrito. Listen. Anyways, welcome back to has, Restaurant Talk with Andrew and Sam. It has it has the food's fine, but I've seen some good shows there. Anyway, um. Yeah, so it's like the game is unabashedly Toronto. Like you're on like a TTC bus at one point. You're at Casa Loma. You're you know you're at there. You're at I think there's a level at Sneaky D's. You're at, no, you're at the Rocket. I think. Um, and yeah, anyway, Wasn't, so, isn't there one up at uh, Lee's Palace? Yes. Uh, yeah, I think that I'm not, I'm not sure if the level was. It was either at the Rocket or Lee's Palace. I'm not sure, but anyway, fantastic game. So excited for it to be back. Um, I think they said holiday holiday 2020. So yeah, we'll keep you we'll keep you updated if there's going to be multiplayer. So anyway, so that kind of takes us to our current topic today of high score. Yes, the, the smoothest segue ever. Hell yeah, dude! That's what we do here is segues. Mm-hmm. Um, ride them, one right now. Make them, yeah. Um, I think we've made that joke before. That's sad. So yeah, so what, you what can't hear, your... but I just gave a shrug of like I don't care. Yeah, I mean, we're 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 we're, we're shilling we're we're shilling for Segway for sure. So yeah, so what were your overall thoughts on the Netflix docu series? How many how many episodes was it? Eight, six, six. six I think it was yeah. six. Yeah. Um, what, what were your overall thoughts on High Score? I liked it. Um, it was a well made documentary. I was especially impressed with the relatively simple but well done sort of eight bit ish, probably more like. 32 or 16 bit uh graphics that they used as the interstitials or to show a little cartoon moment while someone's talking about something i thought that was good or, or like uh, the this... intro the intro theme song too i like never skipped it i love that little animation honestly after the first time i saw that i'm i'm just like nah uh, i'm not nah this is bad but it's just like okay i don't I, it, it didn't grab me like um uh, i'm trying to think what the best opening is but it, that'll take a while but yeah no i i, I like silicon valley is great I, I, I don't know why. It it's also 8-bit. First thing that came to my mind. Oh, you haven't seen <laughs> Silicon Valley? That's you right. say that every time I tell you I haven't I seen know. Silicon Dude, Valley. Listen, there's a lot of information in my head. I can't be expected to remember everything everybody tells me. So sometimes I'm going to forget Minden? stuff. Where's Minden? Near Halliburton, kind of? And Quartha? Georgetown. No, it's like <laughs> north northwest, northeast of the Quarthas. Perfect. Moving on. That... You might want to edit this part out. That, no. that made no goddamn sense Shut to any listener. Except the uh, people from Minden. Shout out to Minden. So, 
Yeah, I don't. I, I liked it a lot. I thought it told a lot of stories that you don't necessarily uh, hear yep. about. Like a lot of times in you know video game documentaries or like the lore of video games, as it were. You know, you hear about like um, Nolan Bushnell and stuff like that, like the founder of Atari. And like when it started with him, I'm like, okay, it's going to be another one of these. Like this is how video games started, mm-hmm. and it's like it was that a little bit, but it was also so much more. Well, I like that they left themselves, uh, when it said, okay, this is the history of video games, I expected, like, episode six to be, and now in the modern era, Call of Duty, Grand Theft Auto, Yoshi's Dream Paper RPG Sandcastle Experience with Barbie. Uh, I I thought it was going to go that far, but it really doesn't actually go that far in the history. It it pretty much just goes up to Doom, doesn't it? Like, if I remember correctly, the last episode is just... Isn't it just basically Doom and first-person shooters just starting to get born? So that would be like 91, yep. 92? Yeah, yeah but no, they, I, I mean, they also... Impressed. I was they, impressed with it. They also um, talked about, you know, game... They, they didn't, like... Like, the timeline didn't go up to present day, but they definitely talked about present day mm-hmm. throughout, for sure. But but I feel like what they did is... Uh, so if there's a season two, and I think there will, because I'm pretty sure this has been a pretty popular thing. People I, I know who aren't really into video games have watched the... Uh, series and i i I think it's a smart idea so after you know two after doom the first episode would be like multiplayer because it was around the mid 90s that they started like connecting things online to play doom with each other doom 2 i think was online capable uh but yeah i I think they left themselves places to go and i I gotta admit i like the presentation Uh, i liked i like the stories a lot especially the uh woman who was the like as a teen she was uh the video game the champion, champion or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And then they have her just sitting there playing like Pong or something and the smile on her face. Like, I like it when there's an emotional connection in documentaries. And I think it had that to some extent. But it was also, I got to be honest, there wasn't anything that I was like, whoa, really? That's reason? With one exception. And that is the Final Fantasy apparently happened because some guy had a folio full of art and he's like, we need to make a video game of this. I feel that was the impression I got. I'm like, I don't think that's how well. Final actually, Fantasy as started. as as an aside, Final Fantasy was actually made by Square um, because they were folding, and then that was going to be their mm-hmm. last game, essentially their Final Fantasy. So yeah, so that's that's actually how that but, came but, about. Sorry, in the documentary, the way it was like they start off with the artist and he, they show him drawing his his very beautiful drawings, and then. It said, and then he had all these drawings, but he wasn't certain what to do with them. And then along came Final Fantasy. And it, I'm like, oh, did that exist because of the drawings? Or was it like they were like, hey, we got this game. Let's find an artist. I, I mean, it's probably like retrofitted in there. But probably it's like yeah. a bit of both. They probably spurred each other on. Yeah. Um, no, it was a great, great series. I enjoyed watching. Yeah. One thing I didn't like about the series, though, was like the pacing of each episode. I didn't like how they jumped in like between all the different stories back and forth mm. and then they always like they always had these forced segues between this the the stories which we here at buffs and nerfs know nothing about we know nothing about forced segues not at all except for the one that was forced on us by the sponsors of this show i want to get off this thing you wish standing all the um yeah so there, there was just a lot of times where it'd just be like I just want to finish. I just want to finish the story. Like, don't go back to that other. Like, you know, I just mm-hmm. I'm invested in this story. Like, just go from this story to the next. And I could understand if, as I said, it like it, it like it it worked going in between all the different stories. But as I said, it's like you had all these kind of like awkward segues into the different um the the different segments where I was just like you should just just leave each segment as is. And yeah. I don't know. I, I I thought that was a bit of a a weak spot personally well, for me at least. 
for me, I, I would say one of the weak spots I found was, um, as I mentioned, I liked the woman who was playing video games. She's in this giant room of collection. She's just happy as a clam playing this game she played like 30 years ago. Space Invaders, that was it. And I liked the personal stories, like the one about the guy who was like, oh, I was good at games, and then I yeah, be, became a, a Nintendo uh expert that was oh the yeah and he's yeah, like yeah, yeah. and he's like I, I would wear my jacket to, to the mall at lunch and all the kids would be like oh my god exactly i i like those stories and For while sure. almost every episode had some kind of personal story like that it, it was like it kind of felt like it wanted to be a history of the uh of video games and a like personal stories about video games and they kind of combined the two but i don't know if there's if it, like i i feel I wish they had slanted one way or the other a bit more. Like, either get into the intricacies of how, like, a certain video game or a certain type of video game came to exist, or get into stories about individuals who had these ex unique experiences in video gaming culture. Um, and I found they kind of meshed it together. And it wasn't... I like the series. Like I said, it was a great series. But I, I, I'm i hoping next season it gets a little bit more in-depth per episode. Like, they're able to drill down on either the theme or a subject like a, an individual's experience more that's all yeah i don't know i, and I that's kind just of, like I, if i had to find a complaint really i i'm i'm actually gonna disagree with you there because i actually liked the way they did that where they're like i mean they they are doing like a loose arc of video gaming history but it's like through the lens of all these different people you know it's like mm -hmm. telling all these like all these different people's like little personal stories and that and like they had the little interstitials but like i i get i get what you mean it's like if you are looking for something more that's like um more of like the history of that's definitely not the documentary for you that's definitely more yeah. of a personal thing i think i'd probably say it's more personal than it is um like i don't know what you call it, historical i guess yeah for lack of a better word well if you want to watch like a documentary that is specifically about the history of video games i'm I can't think of one off the top of my head because I don't really watch much of them. Uh, we'll get into this later. But uh, I'm pretty sure on YouTube, there's got to be like a thousand uh, YouTube videos by people who know a lot more and will drill yes, down on these hundred, sort of things. Yes, 100%. Um, I've shattered them out before on the uh, on the podcast, not on our podcast, but on just the Mind Refinery before. We did a <clears throat> like a YouTube episode and a guy by the name of The Gaming Historian uh, I apologize. Mm -hmm. I don't know his actual name uh, offhand, but the guy, uh, his YouTube channel is The Gaming Historian, has all sorts of good shit. And he has like little videos about just like the history of the SNES or like the history of like the Sega Genesis. But then he also like that are like, I don't know, 14 minutes, 20 minutes long. But then he also has like long form content where he does like the history of Tetris. And I was going to get into this a bit later, but whatever. We, we had a nice solid segue in there, so I'll take it. So yeah, so this guy... Um, he'll have like long form content like the history of tetris and that's like a 40 minute video or like an hour long video about uh the history of tetris and he got like an artist to do these like little animations uh all the way through and stuff like that and it's just of really high quality so this guy's stuff and like i've been following him for a while but like this guy's stuff especially recently over the last couple of years is like mm -hmm. top notch quality well yeah i mean that that's the sort of thing like it's I, I personally don't go out looking much for video game covering things. You've suggested me some videos I've enjoyed watching, uh, definitely like uh, the Digital Extreme one. But I don't know what it is. I just, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm more interested in playing video games necessarily than knowing the history behind them. But that's just me. For sure, for sure. Um, so 
personally, I, I think one of my favorite segments of it was, uh, and this is a story I didn't know about, but the story behind Mrs. Pac-Man about how those like couple friends just like, oh yeah, yeah. Jimmy rigged what was it Space Invaders to or no um was it Space or was it Missile no is uh, Asteroids I think I think like, wasn't it they did it to the original Pac-Man and then the the people who made Pac-Man were like you no no but it. before that before that they started first yeah they do, did it with Space Invaders first Space oh, no Invaders. Missile, Command, Missile, yeah, Command. Missile Command yeah Missile Command Missile yeah that's it yeah um so yeah so they did it with Missile Command for, Command first and then it's just like three guys like three friends where they were what like like nineteen years old or something like that yeah and, they and then accepted. they yeah and then they like make like all this money and then they yeah and then they do it for pac-man and they get like a cease and desist and they're like the biggest you know like the biggest company in the world it was atari was uh uh, suing them that was for missile command i think and they're like yeah like the biggest company in the world is currently suing us three like that's pretty fucking cool i don't know i just thought that was um a, a great little uh well didn't they end up using that fact or something like that and they i think they won the meeting and it won the lawsuit somehow and it wasn't a we won forever it was like oh i guess we just can't do this and then um they had this they were working on the same sort of thing for the pac-man uh arcade games that have been out so like the same sort of thing to make it more challenging and a slightly bit random and then they went to the pac-man people and they were like want a job and that's how mrs pac-man came about apparently yeah, and they and, well, they wasn't even that. They like went in being like, mm. essentially like we made this thing, we disrupted you know Atari like this much. Like, do you do you want to buy this from us or else we're just gonna sell it pretty much? And they're like, fine. I like those guys. How about you? What was your uh, what was what was uh, any of your favorite segments of the? Well, of the I, I one of the earlier video games that I really sunk a lot of time into was Doom. So that last episode where they focused on doom oh maybe it was the second last episode sorry i watched it like a week ago i have have the memory attention of like a fruit fly i think it was the last episode i think you're right yeah um i i like that i was kind of like yeah it was sort of neat to hear hear them talk about like i the most interesting fact i found was the whole concept that like of the hard thing to master well obviously 3d would eventually become hard but the the harder thing for them to master was the whole fact that like on a pc you couldn't have the smooth side scrolling and then uh yeah, I think it was yeah, john yeah. carmack who did no not john carmack it was the guy who worked with whose name is no no it was him it was him yeah it was john carmack yeah, right not, yeah. yeah john romero is the the guy who they interviewed john carmack was the one who wasn't yeah. interviewed or was he interviewed anyways um he figured out how to do that in this thing and i thought that was really interesting and then i thought back to when i was playing video games in that era I was like, oh, yeah, you always kind of just would jump off the screen and then the next screen would load. I never really thought about that. And, um, yeah, no, it's it, it was an interesting little bit of history and a little bit of nostalgia for a, a man such as myself. So, yeah, I like that part. And just overall, the series was great. Yes, it was. <laughs> yes. There we go. <laughs> the controversial. Um, controversial I, well, statement. But, yeah, I actually thought it was funny watching it how, like, at that time, you had, you know, Sega Genesis and you had, uh, or no, was it Sega? No, it was before Sega. I think you had Sega Genesis, but you had the NES and stuff. And they well, had Sega the Genesis smooth... was the first Sega system, wasn't it? No, there was the one before. There was the Master System. No, wait, was Master System also Genesis? I think there was one before Genesis. It was Master System, I'm pretty sure. Anyway. Okay. Um, I would look it up, but I'm lazy. Anyway, so at the, that came, because Genesis came out at the same time as um, NES. Anyway, so they like the consoles were the ones that could really do the gaming they were the ones that that could do the smooth scrolling while the pc struggled to keep up and now i just i just thought it was funny that now it's like the opposite you know what i mean 
yeah. um, where like you know PC does all the heavy lifting while like console they're always like making the downgrades for. Well, I think they have a first of all, it's on. I don't know if this is a hundred percent. I just got a text from Kyle. It is the he he texted Swag Master System, but I think it was I think he meant Sega Master. You know what? System. I just I just googled it right here. The Master System came out in uh, yeah, North yeah. American eighty six, and then the Genesis came out in eighty. 89 so if we're talking the doom era at that point it actually would have been the genesis but yeah yeah it would it, I, I thought it was so i was correct oh there's also something called the sg 1000 that came out in july 15th 1983 in japan but apparently only in japan yeah there was a bunch of sega genesis versions they had like the little mini one they had like the old school fat one then they have the one like in between that like everybody knows but then they had all these like additions like the sega cd and the fucking mm-hmm. 32x and it was just an abomination yeah sorry to hear that console people but yeah it was an abomination that's part of sega's downfall and, th- and i actually didn't talk about that well actually which which is a good segue but that that nintendo sega episode was great but they didn't mention the whole like sega didn't know what to do by the end and they were just like releasing peripherals like every four months and people are like like what and like i'm supposed to buy this peripheral for 80 bucks and then in in a couple months there's gonna be like a new system out like i don't know it was it was bad but that but but that's like i gave it a cool perspective from I, I'm, I'm not sure the lady who is now like the wine she like made wine but she was like the marketing executive or whatever i thought i thought she was super cool i like mm-hmm. i liked her i liked her story about going to japan and uh like fighting with uh nintendo the uh, nintendo power people mm-hmm. um about font and stuff but anyway i thought that was a really cool story yeah, it's interesting how, like, uh, colors and sort of just fonts even are, like, in one country. Because I, I got to admit, actually, it, when I saw that segment, I was like, oh, you know what? I never really thought about it. That explains it. Because I, I enjoyed playing Japanese games, like games from Japan, like Persona and all these other things. But one of the things I noticed, especially with older ones, which kind of basically maintained the same look almost universally and didn't really do much to westernize, when they came over, uh, I was always like the font annoys me. Like an old like Final Fantasy X earlier, it's just sort of like it's not quite a type. Like there's something about the font choice that I'm like, this is not the font you should have chosen for this. This I don't like this. I don't know. So yeah, it's it interesting. Def- it, yeah, it definitely highlighted the 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 difference between the two, and I like yeah. how they had that graphic where like kind of like what it looked like originally, and then they kept changing the typeface and the font and the layout mm-hmm. to like what it looked like finally. And man, just as an aside, like Nintendo Power, such a fucking like huge portion of my childhood. I had a subscription to Nintendo Power for like years. And like wow. when that shit came in the mail, it was like the best day of the month. So stoked. So stoked. Oh, yeah. Um, no, I, when I was that age, too, I remember I would get The Economist every week and it was just fantastic. No, there's nothing like that feeling. Wasn't that your Steam name for a while? I read The Economist. Well, I do. I'm just letting people know it's important. That was that was one of your best Steve names. Your your mm. your current one is good. I won't I won't dox you. you though. I think you just did by saying that. I think you can easily search up someone's uh, Steve name. An uh, old one? No, to Kyle the producer. Um, research that. If if you could dox somebody by just looking up their old Steve name, I feel like uh, the, do me a favor. I feel take, like take the that. audience knowing your full name is worse than knowing what your Steve name was eight months ago. Yeah, if I was still living in the twentieth century, maybe it was twenty first century. Your online uh, name is almost more important than your real name now. By the time they get to your real name, they've gotten your online name, and they've like it's bah. all. They've, 
covering your online You're identity. Fine. I can't wait to steal your identity. You can have it, to be honest. All right, great. It's all yours. Um, what did you think about the guy who like lived in the New York brownstone and who had like a ponytail and like loved D and D and he made like the adventure games and stuff? Oh, that guy. Yeah, I get that. Hundred percent. Really, I was like kind of like I was like, who is this guy? Like, I don't know. He gave me a weird vibe. That's all I'm saying. I I don't. I only vaguely remember him at this point. Um, but yeah, no. I, Maybe it was I, his I, I remember seeing that off. segment and going, yeah, yeah. I, I understand what this guy is like. He's like, fuck. I just want to make adventure. You know, I play Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, I'd love to play it on a computer. Let me see if I can make this happen. The a lot of the as was stated in the uh, the series, a lot of the early innovators in computer gaming were like science students and mathematics students and things like that and computer science students so i hate to say it they were the target demographic for dungeons and dragons by the time the 80s came along so um i'm trying not to use the word nerd or anything like that um but yeah no i 100 what i remember i don't really remember much about that interview but i do remember kind of going like oh yeah yeah i get this yeah i don't know i, I, I rang with the jocks weren't you we're all like Hey, let's go. Yeah, I'm your, I'm a total Chad. Are... I'm a total Chad bro for sure. hundred percent. I did really like the uh like the Asian dude. I, f- I forget his name. Like he was like skateboarding and shit, and he won like the fucking Rock the Rock. <laughs> like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that whole Rock the Rock segment was just so fucking beautifully nineties, and I just love that they had it like all captured and they had like the footage from MTV and stuff. Like I thought that was so good. Like I love that guy. I thought he was hilarious. And he just like should have been called Rock the Rock the Rock, but you know, dude's good enough. I, I remember watching that and the, you know what in back of my head going like I vaguely remember something about this. I remember hearing about this. Like when he said Rock the Rock, I was like, oh yeah, I kinda remember this. I, I don't, I feel like I maybe caught wind of that in like a magazine or something. It sounded vaguely familiar, but I'm sure like every company had some like extreme competition yeah. at that time. But it, it uh, definitely wasn't like, oh, I remember that. I remember some guy. I was just like, oh yeah, Rock the Rock. I I, I heard that at once and it might've been, though, it might've been something like Rock the Rock of Gibraltar, the promontory that is the gateway to the Mediterranean. That's right, that's it. You just kill on this one. You hell, just man? well, I mean, you 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 said that, and then you just stopped talking. Oh well, I was waiting for you to say that was the funniest thing you ever heard. Moving on. Um. So, <laughs> where... well, you angry today? <laughs> was there? Have how, I mean, you said that you don't really watch a lot of video game docs, but mm-hmm. otherwise, um, has there ever been another video game doc you watched? Honestly, the big video game doc that I can think of is um, King of Kong. That's got to be that's got to be almost like a decade. Yeah, old, that's that's older. the big one. That's the big yeah. one. Yeah, that that was great. And again, it's a video game documentary in the sense that the video game is this of King, King Kong, uh, Donkey Kong is a focus of the story, but it's not really about video games. It's more about the, these two people and their lives and their experiences and stuff like that. And kind of them all kind of champion, like, and you're supposed to hate the one guy. You're supposed to like the other guy. And then it was kind of funny. Cause like I read afterwards, you know, there's a few things they did in the editing and the storytelling that just sort of nudged one or the other. And I mean, I've done editing. I know that's what you do. You kind of have to 
slanted but that's not the i that didn't bother me what i really liked about it was is it's a really emotional story it's like these two people who are very passionate about something but have a very different they both love the game they both want to get a high score but they have very different mindset on how to get there and then the whole thing with like the the videotape that might have been edited and it was handed in and it became the thing and the guy he, you know be, oh, it's very dramatic yeah it was it was a really good story but the truth is you could have taken that kind of conflict and put it into another thing where it was like two guys who run a restaurant two guys who uh want to be the best speed reader in the world or something like that like you you could have it for me what was great about that documentary was the story honestly the video game parts itself was really interesting and reminded me when i was younger but for me it was an emotional story and that's why i was into it how about yourself well yeah well i I like things than i do yeah, there are a few. I, I definitely want to talk about um, King of Kong for a second, though. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I, I mean, I almost struggle calling it a documentary at this point. I like just from kind of reading about it and knowing how different it was and like how almost like, you know, like you said, the, you know, the edit, the, the director, whatever, put a slant on it. Um, not to say that, you know, they're making shit up or anything, but like, you know, there's, yeah, there's, there, there's things that aren't necessarily to the truth of, you know. The, the whole matter but yeah i mean i it's it, as a movie it's super enjoyable like the characters like everything like as you know just watching mm-hmm. it I, I've, I've seen it a bunch of times like it is it's just a, a great watch it's and it's you know it's really well made and they set up the characters and yeah as you said like, you can't help but hate billy mitchell you can't help but love steve weeby dude do you remember the uh billy mitchell's friend like billy mitchell is doing i think he's doing well on a king kong runner or no no it's it's uh weeby steve weeby who's doing well in a king kong run and billy mitchell's friend who's been sort of hovering over his shoulders going around like the entire game like someone's about to get the high score on king kong someone's about to get the high score on yeah king yeah kong. yeah, yeah. And i was like he's about to get to a kill screen he's about to get to a kill screen that's what it was yeah 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 yeah, yeah no i like that i like stories with characters and emotions and that had, had it in space it, yeah. it's a great it's a great documentary even if it is a little no, like do- quote documentary like it is but like it's i mean any yeah. documentary is not going to be 100 percent fucking neutral on anything that's impossible but i mean there's you know there's ones that delve a little more into fiction mm-hmm. but yeah and then the story I've, I've definitely like looked up the story afterwards and stuff and I, I remember there was like um a doctor uh in the states i think who snatched the record i don't know what it's at now but also, I know Twin Galaxies. I don't know if it folded or it's not doing well, but I think it's entirely online. Last time I checked, but again, that was probably when I was last watched that doc. So yeah, but there's been ago. there's been like a lot of controversies with like people cheating and shit. So I'm not sure if they still are a thing or if they're like you know necessarily in mm-hmm. the you know if people can't consider it reliable, I guess. Um, but yeah, and another. Um, I mean, as I said, there's a bunch of. Um, youtube guys like gaming historian as i already said um super bunny hop does like super great um in-depth uh analysis and reviews of you know metal gear mostly metal gear solid stuff uh there's just tons and tons like skill up also i mean he's more of a a review channel but he his his stuff goes his his stuff is analysis same with like nakey jakey all all guys we've mentioned before but they they do really really good stuff just wanted to shout out all those guys on youtube but as far as like long form kind of like documentary like feature length stuff um a documentary and they they touched on this actually in the show is um a documentary called atari game over um have you ever heard of this one vaguely yeah so this one is more about kind of really delving into the story of atari 
And they do that through the lens of looking for... So they, they talk about it in Game Over where essentially the ca- like the quote cause of the video game downfall, it was essentially the straw that broke the camel's back, was the E.T. game mm-hmm. for Atari. Everybody, you know, a lot of people bought it. It was terrible. People were, you know, games. There was just... The market was just flooded with games. And that's what Nintendo did especially was like quality controlled their games so they're not flooding the market with shit. And, like, that's what Atari did. And then, essentially, the straw that broke the camel's back, as I said, was this E.T. game. And they essentially, there was this urban legend of they took, like, you know, thousands of copies of this E.T. game. And I think it was, like, a dump in Arizona or something like that. I mean, probably. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, like, a landfill or something like that. This is is the dock where they go try and dig it up, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, they go, and, and what's actually fucking hilarious is, like, the documentary filmmaker... This is no word of a lie. I'm not making this up. This isn't even like a high guy statement. Goes to George R. R. Martin's house, author of Game of the Game of Thrones or uh, the Song of Fire and Ice th- series, and borrows his DeLorean to take across the country to go to the landfill to look for the ET uh, fucking dump. That uh, okay. I get that those movies came out near each other. Maybe in the same year? No, no. Think Back to the Future was 85. Maybe 86? Um, I... Okay. Why did he do that? Why the fuck not? It was good. It was good TV. What can I say? Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was a fine doc. Uh, I mean, spoilers. I'm sure I'm sure you don't care. But it's, it was... If you do, say it now. No. Uh, no. <laughs> so if, like, they do find the dump of the... Uh, I mean, it's been, I mean, we, I've heard that rumor for years, uh, even before this doc, and it's just been an urban legend, and they do actually find the fucking cache of um, E.T. games. So, I mean, it was, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Another cool video game doc that I'd like to shout out is one called uh, Ecstasy of Order, colon, the Tetris Masters. This game is about, prof- sorry, this game, wow. Uh, this movie, this documentary is about uh, Tetris, and like, the fucking professional Tetris League. And it's not a remarkably well-made documentary. It's like, it's not bad. Um, if you want a history of Tetris, I feel like, um, as I mentioned earlier, the Gaming Historians um, YouTube short about, uh, or not short, I should say, like, it's, you know, it's 40 minutes of uh, his documentary on Tetris was better. But this really delves into the professional Tetris player. And I just thought it was super cool because professional Tetris players, it's like such a tight community these people are like super tight they're super supportive anytime somebody finds out a new strat they like message each other and they like share strats and they just want each other to get better there's like ones where like people are like eliminating they're like good friends like sportsmen like all the way through and like the movie they they didn't really nest like there's all like there's such characters too like every Mm -hmm. person is such a character and it's like at no, at not one time during the documentary did they try to like play up some like weird non-drama that wasn't there. Uh, the whole time it was just like nothing but like love and support from these I don't know like eight players or something. And it, like it follows them as they're like preparing for um, like a Tetris, a World Tetris tournament and stuff. And like as I said, they all know each other. They all they all speak highly of each other. It's just a really sweet, nice community that they have so what you're telling me is that there's an opening right now for the bad boy of tetris that's right i'll take that i'll take a piece of that i'll carve a slice off that block they already had a guy named thor so i think that place is taken 
Thor is not a badass name. Thor is a name that unless you have straight murdered Says someone, Sam. I mean, did I say yeah, it's a, the name? I'm not saying it is bad. It is badass. You all know it. Thor's uh, pretty badass. No, no, just look, like listen. I get it. We all love the Marvel movies, but like unless you have straight up murdered someone with that name, in the sense of your name is Thor and you've committed a murder, you're not living up to it. It's like. What's your name? My name's Thor. What do you do? I'm a chartered accountant. But I'm saying this guy Thor was a badass. Well, what did Hello? he do? Did he like murder someone? That's what makes you a badass in your eyes is murder. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm. I'm glad I'm not. Kids Hopefully. are soft. How? Time really ages you. Yeah. I guess. Does. I guess that makes no sense or too much sense. Um, anyway, so what, so like pivoting back to the documentary, do you think that this documentary had something new to say? I know it's kind of a broad question, Mm -hmm. but like, do you think it had something new to say in the whole video game environment? Not really. Like a lot of the factual stuff I knew at least in, uh, sort of broad strokes, if not in detail. I mean, there were some things I did learn, like, especially about fighting games, which I really have had very little interest or exposure and not because they're bad they're just not for me um it, it, i learned some stuff and it was fine but honestly i think if you took all the stuff that was revelatory to me i think you could have made like maybe one or two episodes uh and i'm, I'm talking about stuff like that i find that's like factually interesting it's like oh i'm watching this documentary to learn about this subject um I think, but again, it made up for it with these interesting stories of these characters and stuff like that. So I would say, you know, overall, I'm glad it got made, but I don't feel it was filling in any kind of um, specific gap or or like it, it, it didn't carve itself out a niche either. It was just like, we're talking about video games and people who play them and people whose lives have been affected by them, but we're not going drilling down on anything. So I, I didn't find it that in depth or interesting in that sense but it was still a fun watch like it's still a great watch i yeah it was great um <laughs> as i've said like 10 times even though it sounds like i'm shitting on it every minute it's like I, it was I, great I, gonna, I hated the thing but it was great great watch. i'm gonna disagree with you um i think that it actually did a good job of telling stories that we haven't heard before in in the environment um i think you know stories we hear um the video game champion who transitioned uh to a woman uh, we hear her story and mm-hmm. how she still plays games. We that, have this, yeah. yeah. We have the story of you know we have the the uh, the siblings with the uh, w- with one of their daughters and they're like looking through the scrapbook and they're piecing together um, the story of the guy who invented like the cartridge based system. I forgot what the original system was that used it, but they were doing like the cartridge based system mm-hmm. um, and like you know the, the, those stories like you never like you don't hear those stories. And like, I don't know, I've, I've heard people saying like, oh, it's trying to be woke, but it's like, I don't know. Like, I've never heard those stories before. I've heard the I, story. I don't think of, it was really woke. I mean, it was, I mean, it was woke in the positive I'm, I'm, sense, but I'm not saying, woke in the negative sense. No, I know. I'm just saying what people are, you know, what yeah. I've, what I've read online. No, no, um, that was interesting. Actually, the cartridge guy, I hate to say it. I, for, I forgot about that. But yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, so I I think it told these you know kind of more you know these smaller stories that like we we've talked about that before, but like I mean as I said, there's the the stories I've never heard before, and I would have no real access to them 
unless I, you know, they're presented to me probably in a, in a documentary format. Cause I mean, unless there's, you know, a cool article or something online, um, that comes my way, but yeah, I mean, it's just the, some of those stories aren't accessible. So I thought it was yeah. just super cool that they did that. And you know, that, that, you know, these people are able to tell their story of, you know, their father or in that case, um, her own story. So I thought that was, that was really cool. Um, so overall, I mean, we, we, we've talked about this before, but like, do you, do you like, you haven't seen a lot of video game docs? No, I haven't. No. Do you think that's now more because like you said earlier, you, you prefer to just play games than I guess even like learn about games or watch games. Yes. Uh, I mean, I don't I don't want to put words in your mouth. You like, please, please take it away. Okay. So uh, first of all, if I'm interacting with a video game, I love playing it. I think that's the number one for everybody. Um, I, I like learning about things. Like I don't mind video game documentaries that talk to me about uh, a subject or something like that. But the one of the things I find with a lot of video game docs is, or especially stuff you see on things like, here's behind the scenes at uh, Dragon, here's behind the scenes. First of all, they're almost uniformly some form of PR event. Like when, as soon as I see somebody wearing the black t-shirt with the logo of the game that they're talking about or the studio or, or you know, they're wearing like a polo shirt and it's got it on the crest of the button is a little like, you know, GTA 5 or whatever, Rockstar symbol. Um, Bungie always, logo, whatever. Bungie logo. Oh my god, yeah. Like it, it's very. It feels so staged. It feels like all these interviews. Are like, oh yeah, you know. It was you didn't like, show uh, up to work that day in that shirt. You put that yeah, on for this. Yeah, hundred percent. None of these people wear like bungee shit around the house. They might wear it out of the house because then it would be. If I worked at like, Bungie, I would. I'd, you know, I'd wear that one shirt you like. I don't know, man. Like I, if if I worked for Bungie and I had some hoodies, maybe I'd wear them outside of there and be like, yeah, I work for Bungie. If I felt you know emotionally needed validation at that point which is pretty much every waking moment of my life but the it's it's kind of like working at a bank and like hanging out in the bank while wearing a giant t-shirt with like royal bank on it or something it's it it as soon as you see that you know that the pr department said okay uh charles if you're going to be talking to this guy here's what you can talk about here's what you can't talk about put on this shirt you know it's it's especially like the longer form ones, but those are for often just from press kits. Those are often just released by the company themselves. Um, when it comes to the documentaries about behind the scenes stuff, I'm interested, but I don't know. I don't know what it is. Like, I just like playing video games. It's, it's like, I don't need to know how a sausage is made. I mean, I know, and it's horrifying, but it's very much, uh, I, I feel that, Hmm, I'm giving you a lot of pauses here so you can <laughs> cut this into a sentence that's only like 10 seconds long. Yeah, I just, you, you, with video games, I just am not really that interested in the story behind the creation of them. I'd, I'd rather just sit down and experience the game that they've uh, produced. And after that, you know, I have my own experience with it and then that's it. I don't, I don't need to... I, I don't know what it is. Like I just, it's like, oh yeah, we 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 trying to do new graphics this time, and uh, our level design is this, and we found a way to make it so that the experience, the character, the player has choices make a big difference in the world. By the way, if you had a dollar for every time any one of these PR kits says your character or your the player makes choices matter in this, you would be so rich, you would literally be a horrifying like thing that would destroy the world economy you would have so much money that you would just become this economic force on your own that would just like swallow up all of california and probably most of the midwest in value 
it, it it's video game companies are so stagey when they even expose a little bit to the outside that i just i anytime i see you hear a documentary oh it's a documentary you know they were shown behind the scenes at the studio they're showing i'm like uh, that's not interesting to me it's like don't necessarily need to see a job about where people work now if there was something where it's like there's a huge conflict like the boss the lead developer is a piece of shit and everything after or you know would be a great doc i'd love to see is the story of anthem you know like get people to commenting off screen do that blurry face with the hoodie thing where they're like oh no at that point we decided to put jetpacks online and have them fly around the valley and it was coming out pretty well you know do that kind of like behind the scenes get the truth but it's every one of these docs, whether it's a YouTube thing or whatever, it always seems like it's just, oh, here, throw on the shirt, Chad. You're the guy that HR says can probably talk to a person off camera without sounding incredibly boring. Go for it. I'm done, by the way. I wasn't sure if that was go for it for Chad or for me. Um, <sighs> He's not here yet. Long, long story short, yeah, you're right. Whatever. I don't care. It's obviously an opportunity for PR. Yes, especially if it's released by the company. I don't, I don't know what you want me to say. You're 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 right, but at the same time, it's like you don't like how you don't want to see a sausage getting made. I want to see those sausage. Like, I want to see them tubes getting stuffed, stuffed full of meat. But I want are to see you all actually seeing what's happening, or are you just seeing what the company wants you to see? Well, if because, it's a like, if you, it's... they say, "Hey, we got the new Grand Theft Auto Sixes uh, coming out now," and. Uh, here, this is Sheldon. Hi, my name's Sheldon. I was a QA tester. I worked 78-hour weeks. Uh, yeah, I, I know, I know, like, I know. You know, that's Listen. the interesting stuff to me in the developing of a video game. It's like the story, the drama behind it, like between individual conflicts. I want to hear like, oh yeah, we had a, we spent like a month arguing about how to handle the parachute aspect of this game. Like how parachuting would work in this game. Would it be easy? Would it be fast? Would it be hard? Would the control? Like that's the kind of thing that I find interesting. Not like, yeah, and the choices you I know, make I know, I got you, I got you. Yeah, I know, I know. Listen, again, you're right, but like, I want to see that. I want to see whatever they're gonna get. If it's a press release, you got to take it with a grain of salt. It's PR. It's spin. Same with when they're talking to the outside world. It's spin. Yeah. If you want those in-depth exposés, yeah, like hundred percent. Let's get in those in-depth exposés. Let's talk to the people that were there. And like, most people are under NDAs, so. Kind of yeah, fucked no, I'm not saying there's an easy solution to this. Um, but Wait, like, what if we got Jason Schreier to interview everybody who works in video games? That seems to work. I mean, he's really one of the few true journalists. It's amazing what he can do field. with a bottle of uh, chloroform and the rag. We here at the Mind of Fire do that not condone that's, chloroform. Yeah, that's too much. No, no. It was ether. Um, so yeah, I mean, I personally do enjoy, like, I love learning about video games. Like I am not in the, like we've mentioned this before, we are not in the video game industry. We're very much outsiders. We don't have, we're not like, you know, video game elites with our industry knowledge here, but we love video games and that's our perspective. That's our lens on the situation. Um, but I love learning about, you know, game design. I love learning about, uh, you know the personal experiences behind making games no matter how you know how hard that could be yes but i want to learn about the personal experiences and again you know throwing it back to um high score as i think they did do a pretty good job of, of getting mm -hmm. that personal touch mm -hmm. but um yeah like i love watching you know people play video games um 
I used to watch more Twitch than I do now. What I really do enjoy actually are YouTube videos edited down from Twitch streams because somebody will stream this. This is this is my exposure with Twitch. Somebody will stream for like six hours, whatever, four hours, eight hours, whatever. You can watch them that whole time. And yeah, there's going to be a bunch of funny moments. And like you get that like community aspect where everybody's typing in chat. And like, yeah, I, I, I get that. But I don't I like I like a nice like 10 minute video, 20 minute video edit me down the highlights be it gameplay highlights or just funny highlights from stream or you know from chat or whatever give me those i like that's i like that's the thing like on youtube i enjoy people watching people play games i enjoy watching guides on things um we talked about this earlier but i enjoy watching guides on things after i've experienced them it's like i don't want to i don't want anything to spoil an experience for me i want to have that experience and then whatever that experience is like get better at it whatever it is like you know a raid in destiny or something it's like i want to go in blind i want to do it for the first time and then i want to watch a guide on it and really Mm -hmm. master it and you know master all the roles etc um and like yeah i just really enjoy that i really love people like watching review videos like as i said before when when my boy skill up um releases like a 40 minute review video it's like i don't even like i've never even heard of this game sometimes that he's reviewing and it's like i don't give a fuck i i'm i'm just excited to watch his content because i know it's so well made and i like you know i pretty much agree with all his uh, with all his points even, even even if i don't agree with his points i can see how they're being made so like 100%. long percent yeah he's so great, lo- by the way i do like scopes videos uh the ones he does the few that i've seen are good yeah i don't mind and I, I actually do agree with you i don't mind compressed video gameplay especially when it's either explaining something that i can't figure out or showing me something but it, actually you touched on something funny uh, something that again we've talked in the past about our different video game styles where you said you'd like to do the raid blind and i agree with you on that and then you once you've done it you're like, I then want to find the best and perfect strats to do it. Mm-hmm, Me, what mm-hmm. I like to do is I like to do the uh, experience. And then I kind of take my own takes away from it. I'm like, okay, you know, this part of the thing, okay, you know, maybe next time I'm thing. Like, for example, when we started doing Prophecy, the dungeon, um, the first time we did it, we went in blind. We didn't know what was what. And by the time we've done it now. Great content, by the way. Oh, yeah, fantastic. It's, it's, it's probably one of Bungie's best content parts of Destiny. I, if, absolutely you, it's like comparing apples oranges and watermelons but um it's the best dungeon we i i, I think you agree oh, with that best dungeon yes yeah 100 percent. sorry go go on with your story oh well i was just saying like um but after i've done it once i i don't really look for, at reference or explanations or uh i'm not sure what the proper term is for those videos or guides thank you that's what you used um i don't really look at a guide unless it's something that i'm just like okay i'm here I know there's a chest on the other side of this room. There's a laser wall in between. I I don't know how to get past this point. And you've tried Look. for like 20 minutes and you're like, fuck oh, it. Oh, yeah. YouTube. Even longer than that. Like, I'll and then there's always, like, there's always like 30 people who had the exact same. No, more than that. There's like 300 people that have had oh, the yeah. exact same problem. I, I don't think I've... I think like maybe once in my life, and I can't remember what it was, that I played a video game, got stuck on something, went online, and there was just no re- applicable responses. But, um... Yeah, I, but I, I like to basically not bang my head against the wall, but get myself up to the point that I would start banging my head against the wall. Like, I'll try different things and strategies and stuff like that. I don't have that, like, once I've done it, it's like, okay, I want to see what the perfect way to do it, then I'll do that. It's more like, I've done it once, I like to do 
several times so i'm getting better at it more naturally is unfair but just more through repetition than through uh, the revelation of reading something that's all yeah um just like in using the specific example of the prophecy dungeon so mm-hmm. Pro- prophecy is a dungeon that bungie released for destiny 2 what about uh, four months ago five months ago whatever as, i think it's only been about wasn't it like june so it'd be like yeah three months three months whatever anyway three and a half months yeah four months few months um see what i loved about that was you and i and good friend friend of the show should we we should should we yeah mr p we'll call mr p friend of the show (laughs) i wonder how i feel about being called that (laughs) that's that's what it'll be known as now uh played it blind and see what i really loved was after playing it was going on YouTube and then watching all my favorite Destiny content creators playing through the dungeon. Um, some people uploaded like full, like, you know, hour or two or however long it took them um, playthrough of it. Other than like cut it down to like a 10 minute video. But it was great. Like, you know, there's that big mechanic of, you know, making dark modes and light modes. And then what you do with those and just watching all these different people's kind of um, process of working through that mechanic and figuring it out. And one content creator, uh, it was funny watching his video, they like just brute forced it. They didn't realize how they did it. And they they actually got to the, the first boss encounter with not knowing how to do the mechanic. They did it in the first two rooms and then they got to the boss fight, like by accident. And then got to the boss fight and still didn't oh, know. And they're still working it out. Um, so yeah, so I, I thought that was funny. But yeah. so, so now you and I... <clears throat> Uh, you and I have kind of differing thoughts on it. Um, you know, no one's right or wrong. Like I, you know, I enjoy to some extent watching like people playing on Twitch. I enjoy watching people play on YouTube just for their, you know, personality, for their gameplay, whatever. The, the memes, the laughs, the goofs, the gaffs. Now you, on the other hand, <laughs> you like are... term. Is that like a phrase? You guys? I mean, I don't hate it, actually. It's pretty good, but I'm just like, what? Okay. Goofs the gaffs? I don't know. It's kind of H3. I don't know. Goofs the gaffs. Oh. Um, so... Ape Nation, y'all. <laughs> Let's move wow. the sorry gas station in the middle of the great dust desert. Okay. okay. So do you think that has a lot to do with, our, with like, our generation? Like, personally, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, there's... I don't think there's a lot of people that I know my age that watch uh, Twitch and YouTube. I don't know. Like, I'm guaranteed they exist. But, like, you know, like, do you think that your generation is less prone to watching people play video games? I would say yes. Um, people, when, as I talked about in the other podcast, uh, I grew up on a PC gaming, and it was a, pretty much a single-player thing. And... I know other people who had consoles growing up would have their friends over, but it was still kind of like, it's sort of like a, it's still sort of solo experience. You don't have this, um, you don't, don't have this just cultural uh, bedrock, if you want to call it that. Yeah, yeah, I see. Being online, like uh, I didn't get my email account till like I was older than the average person who did, and it's very much just like I. I think Twitch and watching people play video games sort of is makes more sense if you've known an online world longer because you would be playing with other people. So you'd be like, oh, we all share this common interest. But also video games were considered 
kind of nerdy by the time that I was in high school and stuff like that. So it wasn't like I was walking down the street, hey, everybody, everyone checked out that new Deus Ex. Well, no, Deus Ex was way well after that. Everyone checked out Doom. You know, it's like, it, it, so it wasn't like you hit it. You just, you had some friends who knew about it, but it wasn't like a super, like the way the video games are now, where they're like a significant cultural force, like movies were when I was a kid almost. Like, you know, holy shit, the new Grand Theft Auto, the new Red Dead came out. Yeah, uh, they're, they're cultural touchstones now exactly exactly so while while like the new the, like the new star wars movie pales like it, it was it was big at the time but like you know the new red dead was yeah. i feel like a much bigger cultural touchstone than the, Way than the new star wars better too um oh, beyond compare it may not be a generational thing it may be an environmental thing i grew up playing video games by myself so to me they're not a communal experience but it sounds like you were playing with your brother, so he'd be playing and you would watch and you'd be playing and he would watch and your friends would come over. I didn't have a lot of friends that I played video games with when I was growing up, right? So, like, no one would come over and watch you play King's Quest, for God's sake. So, yeah, I think that's probably the bigger reason why I don't watch Twitch. It's not so much an age thing as it is just, like, I, I don't understand that communal feeling of experiencing someone else playing a video game. Yeah, I, I think I think that like just has maybe a little bit to do with it um, as far as like ushering it into like, you know, the way it is now. Like, obviously, it's an even younger generation that really, really embraced it. But um, yeah, like, I think that definitely has a lot to do with it because, you know, just watching people play like I enjoy it. I like if somebody's good at a game, like I enjoy watching somebody play it, um, be that in person or on Twitch or whatever. But um, yeah, I mean it's just one of those things where it's like if you're if you're going to watch somebody play a game they either have to be a combination of good at it or entertaining if somebody's not good at a game and they're just silent like they're that that's not going to be entertaining you're going to change the channel or whatever and like you said how you tried a couple times to um watch twitch that's the thing right it's like you do have to find somebody you enjoy and like for me personally that usually comes from the destiny directory um mm -hmm. most of the people i watch um i know them from destiny even if they play other games but otherwise there's also a few other people that i watch on twitch that i just know from youtube but pretty much i'm gonna say everybody i watch on twitch it's because or for the most part it's because i know them from youtube well, either that or like twitter or something like that Sorry, I actually had a question for you. It just popped up in my head while you were talking there. So you're watching people that you know mostly from Destiny streaming, playing other games. Do you find when you watch them playing a game you haven't played before, are you like, I know you don't like spoilers. Are you like, ah, oh, this is cool. Are you like, ooh, I don't want to watch too much of this. I might get too much spoiled. And also, does that then make you interested in getting that game? I don't, long story short, I don't watch people play stuff. I like, unless I really don't care about, like if they're playing something like Call of Duty or something that I literally don't care about, but generally I'm not going to watch somebody play something I don't care about anyway. But like I mentioned earlier, say a new piece of content comes out like um, a raid or like a new, um, like a new Destiny expansion or something or, or some game comes out that I want to play. I won't, and if even if somebody I like is posting a video about it or playing it on Twitch, I won't watch it. Like I want to experience that content first. Again, if I don't give a shit about it, it's fine. Or if it's like whatever, like, I don't know, like Rocket League or something or like Fall Guys or whatever, you know what I mean? Where it's like, there's no narrative to it. It doesn't matter. But yeah, so I, I definitely don't want things ruined in that respect. I get that. I get that. But yeah, I mean, I think um, 
that pretty much sums it up. I think we both thought that um, level level up high score. Why do high I, score. I I yeah, keep thinking it's called level up because there's a band I like <laughs> called Level Up. Can, can I, I know why? Sidebar? Yeah. So you told, you said level level up. So I was like, oh, is there another documentary series? Because I think I'd already watched High Score. You said that, so I typed into the thing. I'm like, well, that doesn't be on Netflix. So I went on to. Um, uh, YouTube and I'm like maybe it's a YouTube thing and he's just confused I don't know and I looked up level up and then like I ended up watching this 20 minute documentary of it's like phone camera footage of some guy interviewing his friends saying so what is it like gaming on phones what's it like gaming on thing and I'm like pretty sure this isn't a documentary but shout out to that documentary you know it showed a guy how was it in, it was okay I'm not as good as high score definitely not the same production values but I was like alright I, I, I'm not entirely wasted so now I've watched two documentary series about video games nice well check out high score on netflix and also check out level up on youtube apparently why not hell yeah uh, i don't think it was called specifically level up or maybe it was. oh well next level i don't know i'll just well, look well, up at the word level and watch the first video that comes up i am a hundred percent fan of what that video is i'm now going to google before i Wow, that could be dangerous. Oh, what are you talking about? I am not typing YouTube. That's right. That's why people listen to a podcast. I hear someone surf the internet. YouTube search first for level. The first video that comes up is free Playboy Cardi X Pierre born X plop for type beat dash sky high prod level. Oh, I guess that's the promotion. Sorry. First one. Avicii levels. Listen to Avicii's latest single SOS here. Yeah, you know what? I think it's great. That I love that Avicii. He's wearing a tie and pushing on a boulder. Okay. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining me, man. Have yourself a great night, dude. You too. Oh, by the way, that may not be him. That may be just be a cover art. All right. Talk to you guys later.